you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. And uh, Buck, I mean, I was planning to do a whole podcast on Fernando Tetti signing a 14-year, $340 million contract. But apparently, uh, we've got some mock drafts news we need to uh, to lay out. And I guess uh, we have kind of a, a trade we need to discuss here. Oh, yeah. Like we're seeing the dominoes continue to fall when it comes to the quarterback situation around the league. Carson Wentz is finally moved on from the Philadelphia Eagles. He is traded to the Indianapolis Colts. And surprisingly, they don't net back a first round pick in this year's draft in return. So interesting trade uh, reunites him with Frank Wright. But what do you think about the trade overall? Yeah, look, I, I had kind of alluded to this uh, on Twitter, I think, last week, where I said I think the target would be a 1 in 22, not in 21. It'd be easier to try and get one of those. Now, on the surface, it isn't a 1 in 22, but it, look, if he if he plays 75% of the snaps, or I think if they go to the, if he plays 70% of the snaps and they go to the playoffs, that will turn into a 1. So you fear that Eagles, you know, you feel probably pretty good that that ends up being a first round pick in 22. You get a third round pick this year. You unload a, a contract and really kind of a headache. I mean, what, once they selected Jalen Hurts and then once Carson Wentz started to struggle, both those things happen. I think you kind of reached the point of no return there, Buck. Yeah, I mean, I think it to me, the writing was on the wall. He wanted to get out of there. And at some point in time when you're the Eagles, I think you sit there and go, okay, 
that's what can we get? Let's, it's time to start fresh here. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's an interesting scenario. I think um, a lot of people are going to focus on the player and reuniting with Frank Wright and Frank Wright getting. I mean, I, w- I would say like a, a lot of the credit fairly or unfairly for how Carson Wentz played during that season. I think the bigger thing for me has less to do with Carson Wentz on the field and more to do with him off the field and how he ingratiates himself with his teammates, because a lot of the stuff that come has come out anonymous sources or whatever has been about like just that disconnect with Carson Wentz and maybe the front office, the coaches and the players, how he repairs or how he builds those relationships in Indianapolis matters because there was a tweet sent out by Darius Leonard and he talked about whoever the quarterback is that comes over. We want to be a team first guy, a guy that is about the team and that stuff or whatever. So it's going to be really important for Carson Wentz. If he's going to emerge as the leader of this new team, that he does it with his actions and kind of shows that he's an, an all in guy going forward. Yeah. I mean, I think if you look at it, let's look at it from both sides here. All right. Let's look at it from the Colts side. This is a team that's ready. Um, just lost Phillip Rivers. Uh, he retired. This is a playoff team. Um, it's a team that's ready to win right now. So the draft to me didn't make a, as much sense for them. Um, mm-hmm. And where they're, they're in no man's land in the draft to be able to get one. It would cost an incredible amount to move up. So you look and see, okay, who are our trade options? Um, who are the free agent options? And when you look at talent and history, right, you've got the talent of Carson Wentz which was not on display last year, but we have seen it. We know he's talented. Mm-hmm. You don't, you aren't the second pick of the draft without being talented. So you've got the talent and then you've got the history. So you've got the history with, with the coaching staff. So to me, he was obviously the, the number one target. And I give Chris Ballard credit because they identified who their top target was. They didn't break the bank in terms of mm-hmm. compensation. Um, and, and they try and make a run at this thing right now. The, the whole firm. And also understand this is probably the, the best part of the situation. If Carson Wentz performs at a level that is close to the level that we saw him play at during his best, you have a franchise quarterback in the mid-20s when it comes to the amount of cap space that he occupies. We have seen the teams that have been able to win with quarterbacks on bigger deals are guys who have deals that are not at the top of the market. And so now you have the ability to continue to add pieces to this team, when you think about how they were able to benefit from DeForest Buckner coming over, Darius Leonard is going to be due a new deal coming up. You think about this offensive line, and Quentin Nelson is going to have a deal that comes up here soon. Being able to resign and keep those guys and, and really supplement what is necessary to be a championship team, I think that's important. So, if it does work out, um, they really win because it allows them to continue to build a great team around Carson Wentz, which can maybe help him find his confidence and help him find his game. Yeah, I'll be interested to see now what they do um, in this draft and in free agency to try and continue to fill out this roster. Now, Hilton is a free agent, so we'll see what they do with him. But to me, you've got a pretty good offensive line. You need to replace the left tackle. Um, but Carson Wentz, ability to push the ball vertically down the field is probably one of the better things he does, attack mm-hmm. down the field. He's not really mm-hmm. a dink and dunk efficient passer. He's more getting some big chunks. So. Being able to run the football, which they should be able to do with their offensive line and with Jonathan Taylor, and then to be able to take some big shots down the field. They haven't been able to keep Paris Campbell healthy. I think he could fill some of that with his speed, but he's probably even more of a, lack of a better phrase, a gadget guy. Just get him bubbles and and get him going. I would think, for me, them trying to find a true over-the-top guy um, Mm -hmm. would be something they'd look to add here in the offseason. So here's what stands out to me about everything that you said, because I'm hearing you. And as I, as I'm hearing you describe like what the Indianapolis Colts can do 
my mind goes back to how Carson Wentz played at North Dakota State. Yep. If we go back and we look at how he played at North Dakota State, even though he was the man, they didn't necessarily run the offense through him. He was a cog of the wheel, meaning they ran the football, they did play actions, they took shots. And I think where it can go awry for Carson Wentz is when you're trying to throw the ball 35 to 40 times. I think if you put him in a sweet spot where the game is heavy play action, we're pushing it vertically. So fewer attempts, but more bang for the buck. Maybe he's averaging eight plus yards per attempt. And he is getting those chunk plays to big Michael Pittman on those big deep ends or Paris Campbell or someone over the top on those go routes. I think it plays better. And because Jonathan Taylor and the ability to run the football and flash fake it to a legitimate threat in the backfield, that's something that he didn't have in Philadelphia. Even when we're talking about that MVP type season, they've never had a dominant running game that came at you where defensively you had to say, hey, we got to stop this big time running back with this offensive line from crushing us. We got to drop someone in the box. So now the game is easier for the quarterback because you have one-on-one matchups outside. You're seeing more single high coverage. And so Frank Wright can rebuild the confidence by making the game simpler, easier, and maybe asking them to do less and get more as a result of it. All right. I'm going to tell you who the big winner is in this for the Colts. And I don't know if people looking at it from this standpoint, the big winner in this trade is Jonathan Taylor. Because if you think about his running style and now you think about the threat of using Carson Wentz, pulling the ball on some of these zone reads and doing some different things and having to account for him on the backside, even just on a simple front side play, you're the backside end. You've got to account for Carson coming out the back door that you you're going to hold for a second. Now you've got a speed power back who's a one cut and go guy. And now you have now because of Carson's ability as a runner and to sprinkle that in you're going to be able to hold guys for just a count. And with his size speed buck, just a count is the difference between a five-yard gain and a 50-yard gain. He's going to have yeah. a monster year next year. Yeah, and I, and I think I think it's even more under center game where it becomes more dangerous. Not necessarily Carson with his own read stuff. I don't know if he still wants to live that life, but I think if you go to the, the front side run game with the backside bootleg game, I think that's really where you can utilize – Carson's athleticism, not necessarily as a runner, but the ability to put him on the move and throw half field reads on the backside, those comebacks, those sail routes, those deep overs. Throw the home run, for you can throw backside home run balls. Home run. So I, I think that's really where it goes. And if you think about multiple tight ends, two tight end sets, three tight end sets, Frank Wright likes to utilize the tight end. Being able to make this more of a, a power filling offense with downhill runs, multiple tight ends, I think that also alleviates some of the pressure. Because when we look at the Philadelphia offense, it was still spread. And even though they had Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz two years ago, they used both of those guys. And he had a pretty good year because they didn't have any weapons on the outside. So now let's see what Frank is able to kind of glean from the film and his own stuff to put together an offense. Because one thing I do know about Frank, he wants to run the football and he wants to Mm -hmm. have a physical football team. Carson Wentz gives him a physical quarterback to kind of build that all the way out when we think about it. Yeah, and look, it's going to be on um, that group there to figure him out and get him right mechanically because if you look at Carson – I mean, we talk about – get excited about what we'd seen in previous years. We can't ignore how awful it was this last year. It was terrible, man, and it was because he mechanically just fell apart. Um, and so to me – being Carson needs to kind of rework his mindset, right? 
and, and mm-hmm. get himself right in the right place there. And then he needs to be able to fix himself mechanically. And the reason why, another reason why I like this fit, not only because I think Frank Wright can get involved specifically, even as the head coach, to, to work mm-hmm. with him on the mechanic side of things. Um, I like the fact that he's in Indianapolis, Buck, and it's a it's it's a sleepy media, right? I mean, I, they've got guys, they've got they've got good media, they've got good writers. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell you, I'm not. No, no, I'm, I know. Just but to go from Philadelphia the fan base. Yeah, the Philadelphia and what you're dealing with to Indianapolis is different, I, man. It, it is different. I will say this, though. The standard is high for the quarterback position in Indianapolis based on Peyton Manning and what they saw from Andrew Luck. And yeah. so when he comes in, he'll look up in the Raptors and he'll understand, like, the expectations. I do believe the Frank Reich factor early in the year. I think if you're Frank Wright, the way you treat the first half of the season is really to get Carson Wentz right. So I would think a little less keep the governor on. And then you're hoping that he rebuilds his confidence over the first half of the season. So the second half and in the playoffs, he begins to be the player that we saw previously. And so I think this is kind of a a long process. I wouldn't expect them to come out and like, hey, we'll throw it all over the yard to show everybody that we fixed Carson Wentz. I think this is part of a slow developmental process to get him back to playing great football by the end of the year. All right, I'm going to get to the Eagles here, and I'm going to give you one specific scenario. Okay, the Eagles have the sixth pick um, right now. Jalen Hurts, he's it's it's his mm-hmm. job as we stand right now. Justin Fields is there with the sixth pick, and you're the Philadelphia Eagles. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, right, I got you to sit back in your chair a little bit there, didn't I? I mean, I think Justin Fields is more talented than Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurst is a great dude, and I, I, would, I would say the same thing about that. Now, if we talk about a quarterback factory and creating that quarterback factory, like this would be kind of what we talked about. This is college. Hey, I'm bringing in another five-star recruit behind you. Jalen, you say you love competition, whatever. Here we go. Two dogs, one bone. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's see what happens. <laughs> let, let, let's see what happens out of that. And I think there's something to that because I don't know. Like I haven't done enough – Researcher digging on 2022 to see what that quarterback class looks it, like. It, it, yeah, it's not great from everything that I've looked at and from what I've who I've talked to. It and again, this happens all the time. We see guys emerge. There'll be guys that'll come up, but there's no obvious guys as we sit right now. Yeah, but I I feel like if, if Jalen Hurts is sitting right there, man, I think you have to, I think you have to make I think you have to make the move, DJ. Yeah, and I think you have to create. I think you have to create. Yeah, if, if Justin Fields is there, I think you have to make the move. And I think you have to create quarterback competition and you have to let it, let it play out. Yeah. I mean, I, I just keep going back to, you don't want to be the team that you know, was Jacksonville. I think was the example we've used in the past where you have Blake Bortles like, he's okay. Like we can win with him. And then you passed up these great quarterbacks. If you think Justin Fields is a great quarterback, Jalen Hurts did some nice things last year, but he didn't do anything to tell you that you should pass on a great quarterback. No, you, take and- you take him. You, you take him, and if Jalen Hurts wins the job and continues to play well, well, then you always have the ability to auction off one of the quarterbacks. Yeah. And if we think about it, we've talked about total compensation in the quarterback room. DJ, you can do it because now it's really cheap in the quarterback room if you look at two quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields, or a, a rookie on a rookie deal. You still have all of this money to earmark to other spots to rebuild your team. I think it could be a very interesting prospect like an interesting scenario and it kind of falls in line with what I talked about. Like, Hey, why not treat this like college where you kind of cycle these out until you really find a guy that is worthy of being your 10 to 15 year guy. 
the other thing that would do if you did make that decision is you could go a little unorthodox and say, you know what, we're going to go all in. We're going to embrace quarterback run. You know, Baltimore did it obviously with Lamar and miraculously Lamar has been able to stay healthy, you know, running the ball as much as he's run it. But man, you've got two dudes that can run that offense right now. You can, you can run the same offense. Now, the thing that I don't know, I don't know if Nick Sirianni has that that club in his bag when it comes to building that type of offense. You know, I know quarterback coach Brian Johnson comes over. He has done those things. He's a really good college quarterback. He's kind of been coming from Florida. He kind of understands that life. He was at Mississippi State as well, I think. And so it would be interesting. Could they get up to speed to do something like that? But, yeah, I think right now, because you made the move so early in the process, I think you can have these discussions within the walls of the Eagles building to figure out, hey, what's the best way for us to go forward? Yeah, I think that again, and, and we'll get to this mock draft here in a second. I, I think uh, what's interesting during this time of year, I don't know that the fans understand what takes place right now, but more importantly than than these uh, coaching staffs that have just been assembled and personnel departments with new general managers, more importantly than them, them even looking at the free agent class and stacking their board or getting their, their draft board set up on the wall and getting that, they are getting together and deciding and coming up with what what do we want to be? What what kind of system do we want to run? What type of players do fit us? What do we have on our roster? Because I, I think sometimes people think, okay, we run this offense, we run this defense, and then we just got to go find everybody. Like, no, you got to you got to take inventory. What do we have here? These guys have all come from you know have come from a lot of different backgrounds, as you just mentioned, and be able to come together and say, okay, this is the scheme we're going to put together mm-hmm. for this team that we have, and now we can go get what else what else we need. And so that's the thing. And, and that's why I really wondered with a new head coach and depending on what you have, like the expertise that you have on the staff, do you have that ability? Because sometimes we all walk in with a playbook and this is my playbook, but the playbook may not be applicable to the talent that you have. Yeah. Do you have the ability to say, you know what, I know I came in and I want to do this, but based on what we have and what we're going to be acquiring, we need to do this. Mm-hmm. this is where coaching and experience and expertise really matters. And so the Philadelphia Eagles have a huge challenge in building this out. But I think this could be really interesting because it gives them a lot of flexibility to build a championship caliber team in the next three to four years. Um, it's a reset. So how do you go about building it? So you use that. I'm glad you use that word because I think of it as a reset too. And that's why I'm curious to see, are they going to try and keep a lot of these veteran guys that they've got? They have some assets. Like if you look mm-hmm. at it and say, okay, they have some sour cap issues. But, man, if you if you decide you wanted to f- trade Fletcher Cox, you, you'd get a nice return. If you want to trade Brandon Graham, everybody's looking for, for pass mm-hmm. rushers. Like they have some of those veteran guys. Or are they going to try and piece this group back together again? I, I don't know that I would do that. I think I was, we, we got a ring. We won a championship with this group. We're resetting at the quarterback position. Let's go young, man. Let's, let's, let's get what we can, get some picks, and let's go young. Yeah, now I, th- I think this is a huge conversation with the, the powers that be at the top, Jeffrey Lloyd, Howie Roseman, and Nick Sirianni. Because what you want, if you're the head coach, you kind of want assurances that, hey, if we're going to do a full reboot, I just need assurances that I'm going to be here so we can do it in a light. If it's a situation where, hey, in two years you're telling me, hey, we're struggling, we're going to go on, then that's tough. And so I think it just needs to be a clear vision for how this team is going to be rebuilt rebuilt because look it has to be a rebuild like I don't you can't tweak it you can't retool it you can't do those things and so you talk about the assets 
Zach Ertz, I think, has one year left on the deal. And he's not going to be there. He's not right. going to be there. So yeah. there, there's been conversations. So can you move him off to get some other stuff back? Can you move Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, those other guys? What is the vision? I think this is the time where everybody in the building stands up. What is our vision for the team? How do we want this team to be? I know we want a championship in a certain style, but what is our philosophy? What is our team? Are we going to dominate the trenches on both sides of the ball? Are we going to get back to having big boys on the offensive and defensive lines? What do we believe in when it comes to acquiring skill guys, wide receivers and running backs to go with the quarterbacks? All of those things have to be discussed so you can really map out a plan for getting this team back to the top of the big. Because look, as bad as we may say they are right now, the division is still within striking range because yeah. there's not a dominant team within within division. So how quickly can you get this team up and running to compete with the Dallas's, the Giants, and the Washington football team? Last thing, then we'll get to this mock draft. Um, see if you're with me on this. This is my theory I've had in all of sports. It's not just football, but you go basketball, baseball, whatever. As If you're a fan of a team, I obviously love it if I was young and good, right? That's great. I understand it if we're young and bad. At least I can see, see the, where it's going. There's hope. I'm okay with being old and good. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're winning. We got a bunch of what? I just don't want to be old and bad. That's, no, the, only, that's the only deal breaker. Yeah, because there's no hope in that. There's no hope yep. in that. And you have to be able to, to like, cast aside, like, your loving eyes for the guys that have accomplished things for you and to be able to look at how good can we be in 2022? All right. Mm-hmm. Let's take this season and next season. How good can we be at the end of 22? That's two cycles of drafts, two cycles of free agency. What kind of team can we be when we finish the season in 2022? I think that has to be what is the two year plan to get us back into the postseason tournament? I think that would be the approach that you want to take if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. And I would say right now, the other team impacted by this, uh, the Chicago Bears buck in a time when they need to win. They need to win right now. Mm -hmm. They have to find a right now quarterback. Jared Goff is off the board. Stafford's off the board. Wentz is off the board. So now, Mm. who is that guy going to be? To me, and I know know, uh, our buddy David Carr was talking about how the Raiders have had offers and they've turned them down. But that's that's where I'm pointing. I, I'm trying to make that phone call. I'm going to make them say that Derek's that, that I can't get Derek. But I, when I look at the the pool of potential guys, and even though I've been told you know, I will swing for the fences for Deshaun Watson, I might try. If I'm the Bears, I'd shoot. If you're Ryan Pace, what you got to lose? I what do you want? It's yours. Let's let's do it. But if you can't get Watson, I think then you start working down the list. I think then you're then you're calling. Um, you're calling the Raiders. I mean, shoot, you'd be calling the Cowboys, whoever else, but you got to get somebody that can win you games this year. Yeah. And that's a tough, that's a tough thing. It's a tough situation to be in. If you're Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, like everything is all pushed into this year. Like you have to get it done this year. You not only have to make the playoffs, but you need to close the gap on your division rivals, the Green Bay Packers. How are you going to do that? Who is the quarterback that's going to be able to help you get there? You still have Nick Foles on the roster. You got to figure out what you want to do with Mitchell Trubisky because he's out there. Dang, what do you do? And at some point, you now have to weigh, as crazy as it may seem to, for the Bears, you got to weigh Mitch Trubisky versus these guys going down the thing when, when it comes to a, a one-year plan. That is, man, that is a tough deal. And if you're Ryan Pace, because you have an affinity for Mitch Trubisky, does that impact your ability to make these evaluations when it comes to the compare and contrast deal? Yeah, and I guess I should also mention Sam Darnold, right? You try and you try and get in on Sam. And I think, you know, the Jets, I'm curious 
again, what they th- what's the best way here? Is it man? Let's get Sam Darnold. If we're gonna if we are going to trade Sam Darnold, let's trade him now before everybody else gets their quarterback. Or is it to say, man, we might get a desperate team if we sit here and wait a little bit until the one team that's left without a chair, we might get somebody to really overpay on this if if they end up going down that road. Yeah, I mean, there's so, there's so many things like like right now, DJ. When you're assessing the market, I kind of if I'm the Jets, I probably want to get Sam off the books now because I don't want to necessarily call unless you feel like you can win with him and do it. And they have to make that determination because yeah. you still have the the smoke around Jimmy Garoppolo and those things. And maybe it is a situation where because you talk about the Bears. If I'm the Bears, do I knock on the 49ers door to see if I can get in on Jimmy Garoppolo, particularly because he played at Eastern Illinois, bringing all that other yeah. stuff or whatever. I mean, there's a lot. Like you, we but, said, but, it. Look, but but if you're if you're the Jets, if you have if you don't have a physical on these draftable quarterbacks, you haven't watched them work out, you haven't you haven't met with them. I don't know that I'm. I don't know that I can get rid of Sam until I know what I'm bringing in is better than what I'm getting rid of. Oh, I, I mean, I think I think there's something to be said for that, and I think they still have to make a decision. What do they really feel about Sam? Yeah. Like I think I think that's the main thing. I think once the Jets determine how do we feel about the quarterback that we have in the building right now, do we feel great enough about his process that we will bypass what is out there and we're going to go all in on building up this team around it? Because look, there are a lot of holes that they have, and so mm-hmm. no quarterback is a magic elixir to fix the problems that center around um, Florham Park. So. They have to make that decision first. How can they evaluate Sam Darnold? What do they feel about Sam Darnold? And once they make that determination, then I think you go forward. But there is something, too. This is a unique set of circumstances when it comes to the draft. Not being able to have private workouts, limited access to players during pro days. I mean, it's a lot of guesswork. I mean, this, yeah. is, this is almost like... Well, and to me, with Zach Wilson, who I think is, a, is the number two guy, I think you have him as the number mm-hmm. three guy, but he, he's had a shoulder injury, so... Gosh, you got to get your doctors to look at that thing before you're going to take him with the second pick in the draft and trade a quarterback that fits your system. Yeah, and not only that, like this is different. I, I need to get around him and see him throw. Like, <laughs> I, I, I need to see, like, it's one thing to look at him throw against North Alabama and Coastal Carolina. It's another thing to put my feet on the grass right behind him and yeah. look at him throw. I need to have a live feel for hey and we can talk about hey pro day skill the workouts don't matter but they do in terms of being able to be like okay i think he can make this throw he can't make this throw here here is ceiling in terms of physically what i can see him do and here where we probably may not be able to add that to the lineup and so i think it's interesting no doubt um all right anything else you want to add on this whole thing this whole quarterback carousel before we get to this mock draft will you, anything else you want to throw in there but no i think the other domino to watch and that we're waiting is the whole ben roethlisberger thing and you've talked about hey man pull 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 the plug like let's let's move on like this team isn't close what are we going to do and you know ben roethlisberger tune has changed from oh uh, you know i don't know i want to retire like, no, no i, I want to come back and i'll play for anything yeah. okay but what does anything really mean do you really want to play this out? And a, we'll play you for the minimum because it's one thing what we pay. It's another thing how he plays. And if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, are you setting yourself up to experience the same ending that the New Orleans Saints experienced with Drew Brees? Like it's cool. You get back to the same spot, but now you're in the tournament and the game changes in the tournament where everyone takes away all the things that you like to do. And they're going to make you play left-handed. 
So Ben Roethlisberger couldn't push the ball down the field, much like Drew Brees. Is that going to change in 2021 enough that we're going to see different results? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how you go about this. Yeah, and to me, it's 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 not is is Ben the best option to win as many games as possible next year. It's is are we capable of winning a championship with the roster and with Ben right now? I don't think they are. So to me, I'm gonna even though Ben is 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 wins better than the next guy. Like you could say, okay, next year Sam Darnold and Ben play for the Steelers. Maybe with Ben they win nine games. Maybe maybe with Sam they win seven games. I'm just throwing out numbers. So you could say, oh, well, on the surface, we should stay with Ben. Well, no, because you're not going to win a Super Bowl uh, with Ben with this roster right now. So I want to kick the tires on trying to find the next guy. And if I end up finding out that Sam plays really well, then we can then build up the rest of those pieces around him while he's in his 20s. Then I want to start that process sooner rather than later. Yeah, I want to I want to start. And I think for them, they ha- they have a, a couple of interesting scenarios because you talked about like I think there are three ways the Pittsburgh Steelers can can do it. They can run it back with Ben. They can see what they have in Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, or they can get a bridge to the future, meaning they can find another quarterback outside the building, bring him in, see what he is, and see if they need to bridge that position in 2022. But at some point, they need to figure it out because Mason Rudolph is entering the last year of his deal. They need to see if he can play. And if he can't play, then they need to go ahead and and move on. And so mm-hmm. that's a lot to think about. And keeping Ben only slows down your progress to making those decisions. And I frankly don't think that bringing him back is going to change anything because it's it's almost like an old dog, right? Trying to teach an old yeah. dog new tricks. So we say, hey, Ben, we're going to bring you back, but we're going to be a little more run-centric because that'll help it. You know, as soon as we get into the regular season, what's going to happen? He's going to start whining and complaining. We need to throw the ball. I need to throw it all over the yard. And now you're not able to do what you want to do to see how this team develops. So yeah, either cut him, or you got to go through with this same roster and you can be back in the same spot in 2022. Yeah, I can make a case that the Eagles and the Steelers should both kind of hit the reset button here. But, Punt. you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, let's get into this mock draft here. Um, we have a uh, mock draft 2.0. Um, we have the trade that just happened with Carson Wentz. So how does that impact this this mock draft? We'll, we'll roll through it here. Um, I'll start off here. Jacksonville with the first pick, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Buck, this to me, the pro day the other day kind of finished that. I don't know if there's any question before the pro day, but I have no no doubt whatsoever he'll be the first pick to the Jags. No, he's going to be the first pick. The way that you saw Urban Meyer on the field, the way you saw him interacting, he was already visualizing or envisioning how Trevor Lawrence is going to be his quarterback. I think it's a done deal. He's number one. He comes off the board first. Yeah, number two, the New York Jets have them going with Zach Wilson. I've kind of maintained that through the process. I just think it makes a lot of sense. You've got a new coach. Let's put the re- push the reset button. Let Zach Wilson, who fits in this uh, this system beautifully, uh, his ability to throw on the move and uh, and add some creativity to that offense, I think would be a fun watch. Um, and I think you get a, a cheap contract here to control for the next four or five years to be able to build up some pieces and free agency around him. Yeah, you're hitting the four reset button because now you got five years to get that 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 championship caliber squad put together. When you have a young quarterback playing on that rookie deal, makes a lot of sense. And he's also a very good player. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's get to number three here. Uh, Jamar Chase. I think we're on the same page there, right? You have him as the top receiver in the draft. I have him as the top receiver in the draft. Miami, though, I would say with this Eagles move. 
uh, with them trading Carson Wentz. I would not be shocked if you did see some movement there, potentially, if if the Eagles really like Justin Fields or if it's Trey Lance, whatever guy they would like. be ironic if it was Trey Lance, right, going back to North Dakota State for another quarterback. Uh, but I could see the Eagles – be it's in their DNA to be aggressive and potentially going up to three. No harm, no foul for, for Miami. They would go back to six and probably still get the player they would have taken at three. Yeah, no, I, I think there's certainly um, all kinds of things that can happen at number three. And I think for the Miami Dolphins, the number one thing that you have to do is you need a playmaker. You have to get someone yep. on the outside that can do it. Jamar Chase is fantastic. Uh, when you go back and look at his tape, you, you forget out of sight, out of mind. But then he reminds you quickly, man, he is a real, real special player on the perimeter. All right, I've got Justin Fields going back home, going to the Falcons with the fourth overall pick. Arthur Smith uh, gets a quarterback to develop. He can roll with Matt Ryan next year. Let Justin Fields develop on the practice field before you you cut him loose in 2022 to be your guy. I like this, and I like this because I think there's similarities in terms of the way Justin Fields plays at his best and the way that Ryan Tannehill played at his best. And so I think it's a very similar blueprint for Arthur Smith to build this offense around a young, dynamic player, someone who can use his leg but also has big-time arm talent. Yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals at five. They need to do a much better job protecting Joe Burrow. Um, I go back and forth here. Rashawn Slater. I think is the better player right now. Panay Sewell probably has more upside with the, with the size that he possesses. So I have Panay Sewell going here to the Bengals at number five. Yeah, I like Panay Sewell. I think Panay Sewell is another guy that we talk about out of sight, out of mind. This is a big uh, people mover. He can move him off the ball. He can get to the next level in the run game. I think he'll continue to develop in pass protection. I like it because it's all about protecting the king. They got to protect Joe Burrow in the pocket. All right, the interesting one here, the Eagles, uh, in this scenario, I've got them taking Kyle Pitts, uh, tight end out of Florida. I think a lot of people kind of this took them back a little bit, but this is a playmaker extraordinaire who's going to be a matchup nightmare. I don't anticipate Zach Ertz going to be on the Eagles next year. You pair him up with Dallas Goddard, one of the better young tight ends in the league. Both these guys can play with their hand on the ground, but, man, you can manipulate defenses and matchups however you want um you can line kyle pitts up at the x and he'd be he'd be their best option as an x receiver on their roster right now oh i like it a lot this is something that i also thought about in my mock draft like put him there because he's a weapon he's a playmaker and we've seen these teams and it reminds me going all the way back to the baltimore ravens years ago when they had uh todd heap and shannon sharp and shannon sharp was kind of that x factor i believe kyle pitts is someone that is like that you're going to get a, a special player on the perimeter yeah, Detroit, it's a, it's kind of a long rebuild coming there, and uh, I've got them going with somebody that can anchor that defense. Michael Parsons, a linebacker from Penn State. As much as I love the physicality and the speed, it's actually his ability to cover, I think, that's going to really, really have an impact there for the Lions. Yeah, I think he's been lost in this process. Like, I think people have kind of forgotten he's a good about player, man. Michael Parsons. And then when you turn on the tape, I think he is a bully uh, between the between the tackles. He can do a lot of different things. His size, speed, physicality, and toughness is something that would give some bite to that Lions defense. All right, let's keep it rolling here with Carolina going to quarterback Trey Lance. So that's four quarterbacks in the top eight. We'll see. Carolina could go after a veteran. I know they've tried to get in on some of these guys. Uh, We'll see if they try and push all their chips into the middle for Deshaun Watson. But uh, we don't know if he's going to get moved. So let's if that doesn't happen, let's 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 look at it as it is. They need to get a quarterback. Trey Lance with tremendous upside out of North Dakota State. Yeah, if you listen closely, they tell you everything that they're thinking. Uh, the owner, the head coach, Matt Rule, they've talked about it. They lost eight one-score games a season ago. They want someone who can finish in the fourth quarter. Trey Lance has special qualities when it comes to his ability to run it and throw it. Don't let that one game that he played in this year distract from what he was able to do previously. He is a very talented quarterback with a lot of upside. 
All right, next, uh, Caleb Farley, ninth pick to the Denver Broncos. Where did he play in college, Buck? Uh, he played at Virginia Tech. I want everyone to know. I understand he's a Hokie. <laughs> I think he's the best corner in the draft. I think he's a really, really good player. But if he's not the best corner in the draft, uh, some people would say it's the next guy here with the Dallas Cowboys at number 10, Patrick Sertain, uh, the second uh, from Alabama. Yeah, well-schooled player. Patrick Sertain is is really – Fundamentally sound, does everything that you look for. And I'm not surprised his dad had tremendous ability. The bloodlines are certainly followed. All right, let's rip through 11 through 15. Number 11, the Giants taking Greg Rousseau, uh, edge rusher from Miami. San Francisco at 12, Rashawn Slater, uh, tackle or guard. You can play him at really any of the five spots from Northwestern. 13, the Chargers, Jalen Waddell from Alabama, wide receiver. 14, uh, back-to-back wide receivers from the same school. Devontae Smith goes 14 to the Minnesota Vikings, which I think some people mm-hmm. go, wait, so they just took a guy last year. Yeah, no, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to have multiple guys. Let's pair him up with Justin Jefferson nice. and throw Adam Thielen in there, and let's chuck it all over the yard if you're the Vikings. And then 15, uh, New England, who I think uh, could could be uh, in, in the business of moving on from a corner. They bring in a corner, J.C. Horn. Mm, like that. Now, so there, there are two picks that stand out to me. One, the New York Giants and Greg Rousseau. I really like that because – Having known the Giants and their draft profile, man, they love them long, ling, and lanky off the edge. <laughs> Greg Rousseau, fist of profile, reminds me a lot of Jason Pierre-Paul when they took him. And then Jalen Waddle going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Man, you talk about building strength on strength. Another playmaker to slot inside of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen with Justin Herbert. Look out. Hard trying to defend that that ten. Yeah, that, and that I mentioned trio. in the bl- I mentioned in the blurb on, on NFL.com. Look, they they would mean they'd have to be aggressive in free agency addressing the offensive line. They have to get that accomplished this offseason. But man, if they go get a couple starters in free agency, and then now you you could dedicate a second, third round pick to the offensive line. I think they'd be okay. But just adding some speed, some big time speed, and a player like Waddle, uh, man, that'd be a fun offense. To watch there. All right, let's keep it going here. Let's go 16 to 20. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, guard going to Arizona uh, out of USC. Quiddy Pay from Michigan goes 17 to the Las Vegas Raiders. 18, the Miami Dolphins with their second first round pick. They go with Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama. 19, the Washington football team, Christian Derisaw, tackle from Virginia Tech. And then 20, the Bears go Kadarius Toney, a wide receiver out of Florida. Yeah, the thing that stands out to me is the first running back coming off the board, Najee Harris, going to the Miami Dolphins. Um, Natural player, you and I have talked, you you talked about the Matt Forte comparison, and I believe that's a very apt comparison. His ability not only to make things happen with the ball in his hands as a runner, but to catch the ball and run routes out the backfield. For a young quarterback like Tua Tagovailoa, you need to have someone that can alleviate some of the pressure. I believe Najee Harris certainly is capable. All right, it, let's keep it moving here. That would change the offense there, absolutely, when you had those two guys. Uh, 21 through 25, Greg Newsom, uh, new name here, corner from Northwestern. He goes to the Indianapolis Colts. And now they just got Carson Wentz. They did not have to give up a first-round pick this year, so they can supplement the roster. Uh, so I've got them going Greg Newsom. Tennessee, Jalen Phillips, edge rusher from Miami, the second edge rusher from Miami to go in the first round. The Jets, Ronnie Perkins, a new name. I got to give mm-hmm. our guy Nabil a little love here because I was going through watching these guys, and he said, hey, have you watched uh, Ronnie Perkins yet? I said, no, I haven't seen him. Let, let's see what we got. So I popped him on, and a darn, darn good football player. Uh, so I've got him going to the Jets. 24, Pittsburgh, Jalen Mayfield, uh, tackle out of Michigan as they try and rebuild that offensive line in Pittsburgh. And then 25, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, uh, really kind of a linebacker, big nickel, you know, kind of do everything athlete out of Notre Dame. He goes to Urban Meyer and the Jags. 
Look, I mean, a lot of interesting names. You got some new names. Uh, I think the one to focus on is Greg Newsom, the corner from uh, Northwestern. Um, haven't seen his name talked about or heard his name talked about a lot. What is it about him that you believe suddenly is now he's he's a first round corner? Well, he's big. Um, he's big, long. He's going to run in the in the. Four, low four fours, high four threes. So he's going to test like a freak. He's going to jump out the gym. Um, and he's just very instinctive. He can play the football. Um, it, it just is a really, really good football player that I think just kind of hasn't gotten any love through this process. Mm-hmm. I've had him in my initial top 50 list, um, but he's he's somebody that I think has got a real chance. Once he gets to this pro day process, I think you'll start hearing his name even more, Buck. Um, that's why I have him going there uh, to a team in Indianapolis who loves traits. and He gives you those. He certainly gives you traits, and, and he, all you had to do is watch the Big Ten Championship game. He showed up. He was flying all over the yard. He has he has an opportunity to be a really solid player. Yep, and you know the premium position. Those guys are going to go. All right, let's go 26 through 30. Joe Tryon from Washington. He was an opt-out last year, really good edge rusher. He goes to the Cleveland Browns to play opposite of Miles Garrett. Uh, Baltimore, I've got taken uh, Trevin Morig, the uh, – outstanding safety Mm -hmm. at TCU. I think he's the best safety in the draft class. The Ravens always go best available player. So he's, that's who, who he was right there. Best available Uh, 28 new Orleans. You'll probably want to revisit this Mac Jones quarterback from Alabama Mm. 29, Tevin Jenkins offensive tackle from Oklahoma state goes to the Packers. Uh, He's got some versatility. He can move around as well. And then 30, is Buffalo taking Aziz Ojolari, an edge rusher, trying to get some more pass rush there for the Bills. Oh, yeah. You know, we have to talk about the quarterbacks. Whenever a quarterback pops up, he needs to be discussed, particularly if he's going to step in for Drew Brees. Why Mac Jones with the New Orleans Saints? Well, look, we'll see if if they end up bringing back Jameis Winston. I think you could uh, try and do that and also bring in a Mac Jones. I don't know if Mac Jones fits everybody. I definitely think he fits the Saints with how they play. Accuracy and uh, anticipation, timing. All those are great traits that he possesses. Uh, you know, the work ethic, the leadership, all he checks all those boxes. I think he would be a good fit there with Sean Payton. Um, not not a super dynamic athlete, not a huge arm, but this is a, an offense with the Saints that's run at a very high clip without needing those two things. So to me, I think it's a good fit. Look, he's smart. They have the weapons around him to really allow him to shine. He does a great job of getting the ball out of his hands and allowing his playmakers on the perimeter to do work. He is Come on. He's really improved over the last two years. He is going to be a first-round pick. It's just a matter of when someone decides to pull the trigger. But with Sean Payton, with the Saints, I think it will work. All right, two picks to go here at 31. The Kansas City Chiefs get Landon Dickerson as an interior offensive lineman from Alabama. can play all three spots. Coming off an ACL, you've got to get uh, you know okay with him medically. I just think if you're the Chiefs, it's a, it's a good risk to take because uh, just fortify that offensive line and somebody that's a darn good football player. And then 32, I've got Nick Bolton, the linebacker, going to the Bucks. Man, interesting piss, but Nick Bolton stands out to me. When I think about this Bo- this Bucks defense, and the last time we saw him in the Super Bowl, they were flying around like, man, like crazy. And so to put Nick Bolton beside Devin White um, to be able to kind of control the middle of the defense, the middle of the field, I like it. He is an underrated prospect even though we're saying he's a first round talent he certainly doesn't get enough love when we talk about some of the top players in this draft class yeah i remember levante david's a free agent so if they were to lose levante david you slide in here uh with Mm -hmm. nick bolton their defense does not skip a beat uh so there you have it there's one through 32 i'm sure everybody agrees with every single pick all right buck that was a uh, a fun exercise there going through those we'll see as the quarterback carousel continues to uh to churn here, how that, that changes things. You know, I think we could see some more movement. Hopefully this Wentz trade is something that kind of opens up the floodgates here. And we can start seeing a lot more movement because it's fun. It's fun. I know like you coming off this 
hot stove conversation with guys signing big deals, baseball players moving all over. You kind of like this carousel. Like it, it's fascinating yeah. because this is the first time in my football journey that I can remember quarterbacks just kind of being treated like position players where you move on from them and you trade them, you swap them and do those things. And so it has created some very interesting conversations and even thoughts and projections when it comes to the offseason and what maybe even the free agent frenzy will look like in a few weeks. I think we've kind of uh, we've adopted the vanilla ice approach uh, with quarterbacks here. You remember there was a movie called Cool as Ice where he was like racing bikes or something. Oh, and he, there's a, that line in that movie. That. There's a line in that movie, Buck, where he says, "Why don't you drop the zero and get with the hero?" There, there is a uh, it's a hero or zero uh, philosophy, Mentality. right? Yeah. You know, it used to be like you think about as baseball, right? The Braves they won one World Series, but man, they won the division every year. Like that was good. Like that's great. Now, they don't care. I don't care if I go to the playoff. I just want to win a championship. So if I need to yeah. kind of maneuver around and then try and find that guy that can get me a champion, I'm always – that's what I'm in search of. I'm I know not what in search saying. of everybody, greatness. Yeah, everybody wants to be the Miami Marlins. Everybody yeah. just, hey, let's, let's, hoist, let's hoist two titles. And if we're bad in between, like it doesn't matter. We just win it yeah. every now and then and keep, keep it sustained. Yeah, no, it, 10 and 6 is not interesting. People don't care about 10 and 6 anymore. They want to go win a title. So, unless they're 10 and 6 wild card and win the championship. <laughs> um, all right, that's going to do it for us today. It's been a fun episode. Thank you guys for hanging with us. Uh, we'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 
Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.